Hi, everybody. Welcome to the Use Guys in That podcast. Uh, we have a great honor of having an awesome guest with us today. Uh, one who runs the uh, website Agorist Nexus, where you can find us truly and many other agorists that, that are out there. Uh, Brandon, thank you so much for coming on to the show to talk to us today. It's a real honor to have you with us. Yeah, thanks for having me on. It's a real honor to be here. So uh, thank you so much. Sure, it's our pleasure. So Let's get into some stuff here today. Uh, let's talk about the, uh, the Agorist Nexus specifically. Uh, for those who are listening and are not familiar, would you be able to describe it uh, for the uh, listeners, please? Yeah, uh, so we're, I, so I, I guess I should go into like a little bit of the history if that's all right. Sure. Go for it. Um, so this was back in 2018. I didn't want to just name it like, one of my friends asked me like, why didn't you name it like a gorst, you know, marketplace or something, right? And um, so, and this was before many of the other like a gorst directories were even out there. And um, so I was like, well, you know, the, the Greek word agora means like marketplace. So you're kind of saying like, you know, marketplace, marketplace or market, market. So it's kind of, um, I don't know. I just didn't think it was a good fit. And I wanted to encompass more than just a directory. The, the directory is really important to me. That's why it is the, um, the front page. And I really want people to support businesses that, um, that don't necessarily do traditional um, banking. And, um, and yeah, so, but I want it to be a full uh, media company. So like Nexus means like the heart of everything It's connected to everything. And, um, and yeah, we just really want to try to be the hub for agorism. Um, and I, I feel like, um, I don't feel like we're there yet. You know, it's, I, I don't ever think that we'll complete that goal. Um, but it's, uh, it's definitely worth, you know, striving towards every single day. And we've got, oh man, I don't even know how many writers we've got. I think we've got, 11 writers with maybe maybe 12 on the way um and i mean you know these these are some of the best writers out there wendy mcelroy uh og uh saul mayweather shane radliff lily forrester the list goes on jeremiah harding alex utopium uh tech tom tech libre graham smith um uh my co-host Dag. So, I mean, we've, we've got, um, we just have a plethora of, of just great writers and I'm truly honored to have them write for us. And, uh, and then, yeah. And then we've got a podcast um, newsletter on top of that. And um, what I really wanted to announce today and, and thank you so much for, um, for having me on uh, to announce it. I, uh, I haven't even announced it to my audience yet. So you guys get the inside scoop on this. So. Wow. Cool. All right. Um, but uh I just launched um, uh, Nexus Studios, which is going to be dropping uh, documentaries. So, oh, really we're, cool! Awesome. Yeah, we're, we've been working on one for a while, and um, I didn't really want to say anything until I was sure. Uh, I was sure that everything was going to mend and, and meld together. I think um, we're scheduled to drop one on May fifteenth. So, um, but you, you know how studio. <laughs> studio stuff goes i mean you you schedule something and uh and you know sometimes it's delayed or sure yeah or, of course or whatnot but um but yeah hopefully by the 15th these guys are pretty motivated great just a great agorist team um and yeah it's uh i think it's going to be good now we we wanted to start out with the smaller documentary because um, because it is a new team. So I kind of wanted to see how everybody worked together before we, um, just went balls to the wall on like a two hour project. So this project should be anywhere from like seven to nine minutes. Uh, but it should be, it should be really fun. So cool. What's it about? This one's going to be about 3d printing. Um, nice. so yeah, it should nice. Be fun. very nice. Um, so let me ask you this. Before you got to this point uh, where you're bringing people together uh, from different uh, parts of, uh, I guess you could say the Nexus, we're going to use that. Um, 
how did you get into agorism? How, what was uh, like, I always like to know people's journey of how you ended up where you are right now. Like what was your, I'd like to say what was like your introductory course or what have you, what was your eye opening moment? How did you get to where you are right now? Yeah. Wow. Uh, I kind of have to go into like, um, I might have to go into like why I was in like what turned me on to anarchism. Uh, that's like the full story, but, um, but uh, agorism in general, I first heard about it in 2012. And then, uh, then I read something online that mentioned it. And I was like, you know what, I should really look into this further. And um, it was 2016, I read New Libertarian Manifesto and, um, and it took off from there. So that's fantastic. I think that was one of uh, that was what sent me down um, to this journey that I'm on too. Uh, I don't know if it's probably the same for Christopher, because uh, I was introduced to that by uh, some one of our mutual Sal Mayweather, and he's like, "You need to really need uh, reconkin." So I was like, "Okay, all right, we're gonna give it a go." And uh, it just it made complete and total sense to me. I mean, I, it actually clicked everything, and it was such a short read to where you're like, "Oh wow," you know what I mean? Because my uh one of my uh our other co-hosts who's not here right now we're going to be dissecting Karl Marx's Das Kapital you should see the size of this fucking brick that we have to go through we're going to do it chapter by chapter it is so bad i forgot how bad that book was so but i mean we're going to give it a go anyway but uh I, you know i think that that's uh Konkin's work is so powerful and it's so easy to understand and he puts it into terms that i believe that anybody of any like education level can get a grip on and say, Oh, wow. You know what? This does make sense. I think that he does a brilliant job with that. So that's cool that we have that in common where, you know, Conkin kind of runs through the background of so many of us and how we got to where we are uh, right now. So let me ask you this. I don't know if you're aware of this, but um, we did a story. In fact, I think it was with Jeremiah Harding. We had on the show before uh, there's a, uh, a fellow who was uh, allegedly in the, uh, the Boogaloo movement, well, he just pled guilty uh, to federal terror charges. Apparently, this is one of the individuals who was allegedly trying to <laughs> do a weapons deal with members of Hamas. Uh, and unfortunately, he uh, his name is uh, uh, Michael Robert Solomon. And um, he, had, quote, admitted to trying to sell weapons to uh, Hamas. I just want to get your take on the whole boog. Uh, what you think about it, like what were your initial feelings and uh, anything that crosses your mind when uh, when the topic is brought up? Yeah, so I don't have anything morally against Boogs because it's just basically like the slaves um, trying to like, you know, get rid of their chains from the slave masters. So like morally, I don't have any issues with it. Um, what there's a couple things about, about the book that I want to make, like, um, that I do want to say, and I kind of want to, I want to make sure that like me personally, I want Boog and, and Agorism to be like completely different, um, topics. And I think what the media is trying to do right now is they're trying to basically say Agorism and Boogaloo, which, which I think could be, um, very detrimental to Agorism in the future. Sure. And um, and uh, I do not think agorism um, has anything to do with boogs. And there's a couple of reasons for that. First, there's um, in the New Libertarian Manifesto, Konkin says that uh, even if he was like inconsistent about something, that agorism is always consistent. So if you break down like the definition of agorism, it, it basically says, um, you know, it's a uh, social libertarian philosophy that advocates for uh, non-coercion and every single transaction um, via means of counter-economics with peaceful aspects of revolution. Mm -hmm. So you take that and you say, okay, um, the whole point is to like basically fight the state, well, not fight, but, uh, you know, avoid or whatever you want to call it, the state via counter-economics. And uh, when you do that counter-economically, um, you know, you're doing it by means, uh, you know, peacefully. So when you, when you do it peacefully and then you've got uh, uh, boogs, which are violent, it, um, it's not a consistent principle. So therefore, 
you know, books and, and uh, agorism can is, you know, books have nothing to do with agorism. So there's that. And then the second reason um, why I want to make sure that there's a fine line between books and, and agorism is, is because uh, the, the media will have a field day with it. Um, they will paint us out to be violent terrorists and, and these, um, these anarchists that throw, you know, Molotov cocktails and, into buildings and all of that. And I think that, I think, I think that kind of will turn people off to the movement more or less. Um, and I really don't like that word movement, but I, I think that that will, will turn people away. But if we tell people, Hey, we're, we're peaceful and uh, we really just want to transact with each other, you know, peacefully. Um, I think that that's more of a, a, a action that, people are willing to, to, to get on with, you know, when you tell people, you know, you're probably doing a lot of Agora stuff already. Um, it really intrigues them. And I think it's, it's something we should focus on. And, you know, in terms of like the LP, the Libertarian Party, imagine if all of these people working for the LP um, focused on counter economics, how far, how, how far we would get by doing that. Um, how much more productive and how, how much more opportunity the liberty movement would have um, by now. I mean, um, instead of wasting your time trying to have this party of liberty, uh, you know, blow smoke up everyone's ass and try to try to take authoritarian office, it makes makes no sense to me. So, um, yeah, so that's kind of where I'm at at Books. Like morally, I don't have anything against it, but uh, but I really want to make sure we differentiate um, the two. Well, they've actually made an attempt. We had a, we did cover an article. I, f I forget. I think it's a couple of shows ago where there was a sort of mainstream article that linked the two where it said that uh, agorism was a phrase that was popping up across uh, uh, analytic um, uh, websites that analyzed uh, keywords uh, as soon as the quote insurrection kicked off, but also during the George Floyd protests and stuff. And they were trying to link the two of them together. And, you know, I, I don't think there could be anything more damaging to those of us who want nothing to do with that violent action. I, I, I can't stress it enough how I don't think it's a good idea. Like I get where they're coming from and I understand, like you said, I mean, you put it really well. I get why they're, they're pissed off and I get why they want to do something, but what they don't realize is that uncle Sugar's going to kill them from outer space. Like it's not even, it's, it's not even going to be close and as far as, you know, being able to peacefully subvert the state through counter economics and basically, you know, just instead of um, I think Michael Malice is the one who talked about in the new right where he said that, like, instead of like trying to take on the boss in a video game straight ahead, you got to learn its pattern. And like it's like fighting Bowser where you instead of trying to fight it, you just wait for it and how it like see how it jumps and it shoots like fire at you and stuff and go work around it as opposed to going straight at it. Is that, I mean, do you think that that's a good way to look at, uh, th at least from an, uh, an agorist perspective, do you think that that's like an appropriate way to look at things? Don't try to take it head on, but just subvert it. Just go around it. I mean, try to find a work around to where you're not even confronting the enemy. You're just completely bypassing it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I definitely agree with that. And uh, yeah, you, you and Michael Miles put it pretty well there. Um, I think there's a quote that I really love. I can't think of who um, says it, which is going to drive me a little crazy. But uh, it, he says, um, you can't beat the system by fighting it. You, you beat the system by making it obsolete. And uh, I think that's where cryptocurrency and, and some of these new farming techniques like um, I forget what it is. It's like geo. Uh, basically, what they do is they run a pipe underground, and it brings in like warm air from underground up above. So you can even it's even like room temperature in your uh, in your little greenhouse like during the winter and stuff. Um, it's geothermal heating, right? Yeah, it's like geothermal. Yeah, farming. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And. Uh, yeah, so, so like those techniques and uh, cryptocurrency and then 3D printing all of it is they're just great ways to basically say, hey, I'm opting out of your system completely. And then, you know, add in like solar and well water and you're all set, right? Yeah, absolutely. So you brought up an interesting point with the uh, with the Libertarian Party 
and the use of the state. Now, what's the di- <laughs> let me ask you this. Has it has do you think it's occurred to any of them? And I, I mean, again, I'm not trying to crap on. I think it's a bad idea what they're up to, <laughs> because I think it's an absolute it's an act of futility. Uh, however, what's the difference between the LP and, let's say, Marxists who want to use the state for uh, to, in order to end the state? Because the, at the last stage of, of, of communism is, is a stateless society, right? Which, you know, we all think that that's a great idea in our own way. But at the same time, they feel like using the violent machine that is the state in order to achieve their means is, is something that, the, that, that is, you know, feasible, that is doable. What's the difference between them and the libertarians who are like, no, 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 we're going to work from within the system. We're going to play with their ball and their rules on their field. And we're going to, and somehow we're going to enact change. I don't, my biggest issue is I don't understand why they haven't figured out that, you know, like George Carlin said, it's a big club and you're not in it. So why even bother bringing your ball to play on the court? I, that I don't understand. I was wondering if you had a little insight as to, do you think that it's people who genuinely feel that they can help or do you think that it's the programming? Maybe it's a little bit of both. I just want your take on that. Yeah, yeah. You, I mean, you put it so well already. Um, I don't really think there's much difference between them and the Marxist in terms of like we want to take a, we want to take over the system to, um, you know, push our will. They're uh, they're really both just clowns to me. Um, it's a, you know, maybe even less than clowns because it's, it's a big circus and they're, they're like the third rate clowns. They're trying to join it, you know? Um, yeah. So <laughs> that's, that's my, that's my take on it. You know, it's interesting to see them argue on like that. Of course we're all on Twitter. So we're all watching the shit show at the same time and the back and forth that they have the arguments and then they bring uh, like Sarwak gets involved and then it all hell breaks loose and people get you really have to mention his name. Yeah, I do, because he's part of the <laughs> I know, but in I... the ring, man, he's the ring master for fuck's sake. I fucking hate that people. fucking guy. Oh, he's terrible. But I mean, at the I same... don't even know who that is. You don't, no, you don't want to. Don't yeah, bother. don't even bother. Like, <laughs> OK, I'm not missing anything. No, you, like, all you're missing no. is them. Like, I mean, essentially argue like they're in the small room and they're yelling at each other. Okay. And the rest of us are walking down the hall, looking in the window of the door. And we're like, fuck that. Don't open the door. Don't yeah. go in there. Don't, just let them argue. and let Because it's ridiculous. They argue with each other about what the right path is. Like Dave Smith, I mean, bless him. He's doing the best that he can to do whatever he's doing. And, I, and we all love Dave. He's funny, first of all. But he is a big voice for liberty. But there's this big controversy about him. And he, they call him a transphobe. And then, of course, the LP went woke. And decided to get in on the woke game, which I think was, I mean, if there, I don't know how many nails in the coffin we can possibly find, like, put in this box, but boy, they just keep finding more ways to keep the lid shut on that corpse, man. They are just like, nope, we got another nail. We're going to fucking hammer this son of a bitch. And they went woke and it was just the whole disaster. You're not missing anything, Angel. Just okay. Stick to dog videos. You're going to be much happier. Right. Yeah, yeah. Far more entertaining. I don't even know what's the last time I went on Twitter. I think it was like two weeks ago. Well, some of us are addicted and, you know, hey, I'm, I'm on there way too much. I like to watch the shit show. It's like the, the train wreck that you can't look sure. away from. Yeah. But at the same yeah. time, you do have people like uh, like Brandon's talking about the, the lots of authors. Of course, we all know Jeremiah. We know Sal. Right. Like yeah, Voluntary yeah. Japan's out there. Like there's a lot of good content on there. But occasionally you get caught in this river of shit that kind of tried it like it grabs right. your leg and it starts pulling you and you're like you're i was gonna say it. even even sal caught some heat on twitter recently because he uh was shitting on the the whole mises caucus thing <laughs> um, and, and man like the people that just get like so butthurt like oh people like angrily say it to him but like no matter like they can say what they want but the man's consistent you know and and it's the yeah yeah well, it's, i love solomon Oh, dude, he's fantastic, man. We've had him on here a few times, and he's always like, he's always so cool to just like talk to, man. Yeah, he is. And he's also, he was the biggest proponent. Like, we'd had him on right after he took shit the last time, before the last time, before the last time about um, over the Kenosha shooting. Kenosha shooting, exactly. And he was talking about consistency and proportionality. And he caught a lot of shit for it. And if there's one thing that agorists are very good at, it's about being consistent mm-hmm. and it's about proportionality. 
and I don't how, I don't know how that could be construed as something that's bad. However, you know, in the heat of the moment, and then everybody's getting all worked up. I, I don't know how. You know, I'm glad I'm part of the group that I'm part of. I mean, I guess if it's not a group, I guess just a loose organization of people. You know, just people with with similar ideas because some of the mental gymnastics that goes on with these people. I mean, I, I I'd have to take it's like an aspirin in a nap because it's it's ridiculous. it's people having an emotional response to to there things. It is. like like whenever sal looks at it man it's like it's really like he uses logic and reason man and that's like that's just lost on a lot of people like there's no room for nuance you know with a lot of people especially those who arrived at their conclusion via an emotional response and you just you can't reason with people when they do that no no you're absolutely right uh i wanted to ask you this uh brand we uh one of the topics that uh we want to talk about today is peaceful parenting and for those who are not um, familiar, I just give you a, a quick definition. It's uh, a model that aims to meet the needs of both the parent and the child while teaching and modeling flexibility and adaptability. Peaceful parenting is not permissive parenting. So what is, um, what is it that you wanted to cover today with regard to peaceful parenting? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, wanted to add, um, I wanted to add to what you guys were saying earlier um, if, if I could real fast, I, sure. I think, um, I think, it. uh, Saul put it best when he said, you know, agorism is the most, um, consistent and principled libertarian or sub sub libertarian philosophy or libertarian philosophy. And I totally agree with that. So, Absolutely. um, uh, in terms of peaceful parenting, um, yeah, I, I think it's, I think it's amazing. Um, it's like, it's pretty new to me because I didn't even find out about it till 2017. Mm -hmm. And um, yeah, it's like, so I guess I should give an example first. Like my daughter, um, she was like trying to learn stuff in school and it was kind of like she didn't pick anything up. Like it was just like a waste of time and, and she learns completely different, but she doesn't you know, she just needed something different instead of like this, uh, you know, cookie cutter education where like one size should fit all for every single child. And um, so I've, I found, I found it out pretty quick. Like she came to me and she started asking me questions and she learned it. So like she would learn anything that she was interested, she would pick up super quick. And, um, and I just thought, it, I thought it was just amazing. And, and I think peaceful parenting is really the way to go because kids, you know, kids aren't going to pick up something that, that they don't care about, uh, you know, as well. Um, and, uh, and yeah, I, I think if we want to have a better world and have a world of non-aggression, it really has to start with our kids. And I think that's one of the most important things. And, um, and yeah, we should even try to influence other parents and, and other kids as well. Uh, not only in our, you know, gorist libertarian philosophies, but, um, you know, peaceful parenting as well. And, uh, you know, I had said something that I, that I wish I didn't, but, um, but I'm glad that I did because at least I, you know, I learned, I learned from my mistakes. I went on the, um, the philosopher's show and I said, yeah, I believe in peaceful parenting, um, except for like when the, the child tries to, to like, unless the child like tries to hurt himself or whatnot. And, uh, and I realized like that, that wasn't really like a consistent, um, that wasn't like a consistent principle. So I had to throw it out. Right. So, and then I realized I didn't even have to do that with my kids. Like I made sure there was like plugs on electrical outlets and, uh, and stuff that was blocking stairs. So they couldn't, you know, fall downstairs and, and hurt themselves and stuff. Right. So I realized that, that, that was, that wasn't even really like a need. Um, it's just kind of like a flight or fight response. And, uh, and, me saying that I was basically just saying it out of fear, right? Like, um, fear is basically like what controls us. And I, th I, th I think, um, I think every statist really has this, like, you know, I want the government to protect me and, and, um, 
And I think a lot of the stuff today just revolves around fear and that's kind of how the government controls us. And, um, but, uh, but yeah, we, we, we all make mistakes. We're all statist once and, uh, sure. and yeah, that's just, just something that I wanted to, um, wanted to get out there because I do think that the future generations are, are so important. I think Stalin says, give me your, give me your child for four years and the seed I plant will never be uprooted. And, um, and it's, it's <laughs> when you hear something like that from a, you know, communist dictator, it, um, it, it stays with you. And it just shows you how strong the, the brainwashing is and how amazing you, all of you guys are for, you know, somehow undoing uh, this brainwashing. So, you know, hats off to all of you guys, for sure. The use guys podcast. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's a hell hey. of a compliment. Thank um, you. Right. Yeah, no, yeah. really. Thank you. I, you know, I'm a, uh, I'm a dad as well. Uh, my kid uh, is grown. He's uh, 18, and uh, I failed in 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 many ways. One of them, which is uh, my kid is a, an alleged anarcho syndicalist. Uh, <laughs> he wants to organize. I've told, I said this before on the show. He is attempting to organize his workplace at McDonald's. Um, he was very upset that he had to work on Easter Sunday because he felt the workers were being exploited uh, by having to serve hamburgers to people who didn't like their Easter dinner at their uh, relative's house. And it was busy all day and he's very upset about it. And I said, well, I mean, you are getting paid and you didn't have to show up if you didn't want to. And, and of course, you know, he's this he's this burly tough guy. He's <laughs> like, well, yeah, but I got to pay my phone bill. And I'm like, well, OK, well, then, you know, then we've decided that we have to go to work, I guess. Um, but uh, no, it's it is. I wish I would have been more of a peaceful parent. I was more of a, a reactionary parent like my kid. Like, you know, the thing is, too, man, it's like a lot of it also has to do with your age. Um, I was uh, I became a father before uh, my 20 third birthday and i'm 41 now so if i was to start it now my approach would be entirely different than when i was you know 23 years old and i you know knew i, I don't know a lot now but i knew even less than i know now and I, a complete fucking idiot at 23 not knowing what i was doing and having a baby um and a lot of it is reactionary parenting for me um and it's amazing how we've uh, how the progression of parenting has gone forward to where you have, you know, you hear all these these stories about corporal punishment of beating the shit out of your kids and all oh, that'll teach them and stuff. I don't, I, you know, something, man, like not to be. In, listen, I don't, I, 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 I don't like it. I, I've never thought that, like, of course, yeah, I look at my kid, like, especially now that he's eighteen and he's a man. I'm like, well, you know what? We could actually fist fight right now, and it's mutual combat. You know, I won't look good, but I might feel better after we square off and we throw hands at each other because you're being a complete <laughs> crazy person, right? But, um, you know, the the other problem too is a lot. Like, I was very fortunate that I got to where I was, at least ideologically, uh, you know, in, 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 much older than a lot of the people that are on that, that are in our, that run in the same circles, let's say they figured it out a lot younger than than I did. Um, but when it comes to parenting and finally realizing, like, you know, telling my kid, you know, this is his senior year and I'm telling them, listen, just do what you got to do to get the fuck out of jail. That's what I'm calling because that's what it is. It is a prison for children. And the fact that his mind wasn't broken by the 15,000 hours of public education to where, you know, he, in fact, my kid caught heat because he refused to stand for the Pledge of Allegiance or say it or any of that shit because he didn't feel like he needed to. Now, of course, at the time, my kid was like, you know, well, what about the Constitution? It's like, well, yeah, OK, you're getting there. But I mean, that doesn't really matter either. They don't believe in that shit either. Trust me. They just want you to be loyal to the state, mm -hmm. you know, but at least he had the balls to sit there and say, no, I'm not going to stand for this. I'm not going to put my hand over my heart. I'm not going to say these stupid words for your cloth and, and, you know, you know, pledge my loyalty to something that, you know, will kill me if I don't. You know what I mean? So um, I guess you could say I made a little bit of progress in that in, in that area, but I, I highly encourage people to check out peaceful parenting. I, I wish I would have I'd known about it as a young man in the early aughts of this century. Uh, unfortunately, I didn't. Uh, and um, I was young and stupid. And I, I thought I knew everything. And I knew absolutely fuck all nothing. So there's <laughs> that it's it's a journey, man. Like, I you know, it, it really is. It's one of the toughest things that I think anybody could ever do is become a parent. Um, and especially now in this environment where everything seems to be accelerated and 
It seems to be even more intense than it was 18 years ago. You know, Mazel Tov to you for, you know, getting in there early and breaking uh, the machine in the mind before it can take hold. Because as we see, Brandon, not so many, I mean, millions upon millions of us never shake it never able to get out from they still believe in shit they still think it's okay to send your kids to go die on the altar of the state for stupid wars for all these assholes uh that run the country uh for their own uh, personal profit uh or for the profit of the state in general i think that it's uh wonderful to break that because you know it seems to be gathering momentum where we have more and more of us who are actively trying to get people to utilize their critical thinking skills and to challenge the narratives or like Jeremiah Harding said on our show, you got to kill your idols. You have to kill your idols. And I think that that's a, it's really critically important. So good for you, man. I, I, I wish you nothing but the best. And I hope that that works out for you. I want to tell um, if you don't mind, I would like to ask you about uh, Dogecoin and how you feel about this massive meteoric rise of what essentially everybody was laughing at not too long ago that's actually picked up uh, quite a lot of steam and crypto in general if you have any comments or if you have any um insight that you would like to impart on the listeners please the floor is all yours cool cool um so yeah doge i mean first of all i don't really see it much better than like it is probably better than than most fiat but they do print um or create a thousand doge a minute out of thin air uh so you are losing you know you will be losing a lot of value and uh and yeah i think it's like what a 60 billion dollar market cap or probably more than that now i I don't even know i'll double check that here um but uh the, the thing about doge is that it doesn't really have a development team so if, if there are issues with Doge, you're not going to be able to, um, you're not going to have quick responses from any, any development team to be able to fix any of that. Oh, oh wow. Uh, so their market cap is almost 85 billion. So um, I don't, and the thing too is with an $85 billion market cap with almost no development team um, and a you know, community of jokesters, I don't really see uh, you know, much more innovation coming out of this, this project. So I don't really see, and it's, I mean, it being number four, I don't really, see, I see more downside in, in terms of investment instead of upside. Um, but, uh, but, you know, to, 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 to each his own, I mean, you know, who knows how long Elon Musk will, will pump it, but. Uh, right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and Mark Cuban, but um, yeah, I mean, my favorite projects have to be, Ethereum, I'm not liking the fees, so I'm kind of um, I'm kind of not on as much of Ethereum. Hopefully, they fix that when they they fully implement 2.0. But um, you know, I agree that that probably Bitcoin Cash. I agree with Saul that probably Bitcoin Cash is one of the best projects. I I, I love Monero too, um, and we kind of have the same outlook on Bitcoin Cash, and and that is that. Uh, there's more brick and mortar stores that accept Bitcoin cash than any other. So a medium of exchange is, is really what you're, you're looking for. And I wrote an article called the properties of money and cryptocurrency. And um, in it, I go over like each and every property of money and I compare them to, to cryptocurrency. And basically um, medium of exchange is the most important property of money, which looks like you know, if any crypto um, out there has, it's, it's Bitcoin Cash. So n- not only that, but I mean, they've got privacy features with, with uh, Cash Fusion. You can, you can mix up transactions as, you know, Cash Fusion basically mixes the inputs and outputs of, of all these transactions. And um, I think it mixes it as many times as there are atoms in or known atoms, known, um, known to known to humans, in the uh, in the known universe. So, wow, that's um, wild stuff, man. Yeah, and I think I th- I think that's great. Now, quantum computing could, you know, might be able to crack that in the future. But I think by then, Bitcoin Cash will have some other kind of um, uh, development. But uh, but yeah, if you guys get 
I mean, you know, if, if anybody gets ca cash fusion with Bitcoin Cash Wallet, you're you're pretty private. And if you want to have even more privacy, go to the Cake Wallet and um, and exchange Bitcoin Cash for for Monero on the the Cake Wallet, and then you can exchange Monero back to Bitcoin Cash, and then it's yeah. you know, then Cash Fusion again, and then <laughs> you know, um, but uh, yeah, Bitcoin Cash also has the most transactions of any any network out there, even Bitcoin, even Ethereum. Bitcoin Cash has more transactions than any network, and and that should tell you that there's a lot of upside. And um, and man, I wish I was telling you this, telling your audience this before it went up fifty percent today. But um, at one point today, it was like around the top nine hundreds. Now it's almost fifteen hundred dollars. Um, wow. But uh, but yeah, and and they're coming out the upgrade later on in May, so I think that might be. Um, a good reason why Bitcoin Cash has jumped so high, but uh, but yeah, I love the project. Monero's great um, with its ring signature technology. Uh, I don't know how familiar you guys are with Monero. I'm sure you guys are pretty familiar with it, right? Yeah, for the most part, yeah. Basically, you have like 11, and I'm probably preaching to the choir here, but uh, you have 11 transactions. One of them is yours, and um, it's like a big shell game, you know, like you don't know which out of the 11 is the really the wallet that it's going to. And um, so, yeah, I, I love that project too. I, I speak more about all, all this crypto stuff in a more of an introductory piece that I wrote called, um, uh, what is it called? Agorism and breaking the chains of the state. If anyone wants to check that out. Um, there's a couple other projects that I, th I really think people should know about. Presearch, which I mean, they sponsored us directly, which is amazing. And they've got over 2 million users. Um, you earn pre-tokens, which is their coin for uh, for searching. So, I mean, and you don't get spied on by Google. Uh, and then, you know, there's only like 500 million of those coins too. And it's like, it's only at like seven cents. I forget what their exact market cap is i'll double check here um and then you know none of this is financial advice or anything but uh mm, it's probably better that it's not financial advice to be honest because to be a financial advisor you have to go through state regulatory agencies so you're probably actually worse off by going to a financial <laughs> advisor than, of course than by not but um uh, yeah, so pre-search coin is only seven cents, only twenty-five million dollar market cap, and then um, it looks great. Um, are you guys on Odyssey, by the way? Um, I don't know if we have enough subscribers yet to get to Odyssey. You have to have a certain amount of subscribers to have it mirrored, if I'm not mistaken. I think you have to have a hundred, and we're under that right now. Um, oh, so you're trying to mirror YouTube onto Odyssey? Is that what you're? Yeah, I mean, is, yeah. It, is there a better way to do that? Can you do it directly? I don't know. I just, yeah, I just completely skipped YouTube. I just said, fuck, fuck YouTube. We don't even <laughs> post any of our content to YouTube at all. No shit. Um, okay. I, I didn't know that. Okay. All right. But, um, but yeah, I mean, mirroring might be a good strategy to, uh, to gain some subscribers right off the bat on Odyssey. But, uh, but yeah, you, you gain crypto on Odyssey too. So, Awesome. There's an actually, if your users want to sign up to um, the Gorus Nexus newsletter, there's like a little pop up that comes up if they go to gorusnexus.com. It's like off to the side, real, real small. Um, mm -hmm. If they want to subscribe to that, I, I wrote a, a, a welcome newsletter explaining a lot of ways to earn crypto basically just by using everyday practices. And, uh, and I think it's really going to pay off to people if they once the dollar does collapse, even pennies in these cryptos today could be worth, you know, hundreds or thousands of dollars tomorrow. So sure. I think every, every little bit will add up for sure. As my grandpa put it, when you take care of the pennies, the, uh, the dollars take care of themselves. Yeah. That's a, that's a very good way to look at it. Let me ask you this with regards to crypto. Um, we, uh, once again, going back to something that Sal said that I agree with, I want to get your take on it. You know, people are looking at it like as an investment and he's, you know, and I think that he put it really a hundred percent correct that don't look at it as an investment, look at it as a method of getting free. 
do you think that that is probably the better way at looking crypto at, at cryptocurrency as a method of being free as opposed to enriching yourself? Not that there's anything wrong with that. I'm not being critical. I'm just thinking about it from, you know, our perspective, our shared perspective on getting uh, as much, you know, becoming more liberated, if you will. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I know I said investment earlier, but I, you know, it's just kind of a habit. Um, oh, sure. Yeah, I, I completely agree with that. And, uh, you know, it's, it's like, um, I think I tweeted out, this is months ago, but I tweeted out um, slaves, slaves hold fiat and free men hold crypto. And uh, thing too is that, you know, you're always going to, you're always going to, um, with the right coin, of course, you're always going to, uh, like, at, like with the Bitcoin cash, it's a, it's, you know, for the most part, always in the long run, it's always going to be more, uh, profitable to hold that than it will be us dollars. Because I mean, even the fed themselves say that there's a 5% inflation every single year. And, and that's what they say themselves. And then, then they go and they say, okay, well, um, the whole point of, of why we need to be here is to, um, to stabilize the currency. But then, then you say that you're um, inflating the currency 5% every year. So you're going against um, the whole reason why you need to be here, which is stabilization. So they contradict themselves in that way. Um, and we, we all know the game, you know, what they say is actually way worse than what it really is. Right. Um, Absolutely. We, we know yeah, it's we more are, than we, are, we always use dog murder as a good statistic too. They admit <laughs> to what, 20, 25 uh, canine murders a, a day? By the police, and that's what they're willing to admit to? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and we know it's more. <laughs> so, yeah, with the inflation, like the hidden fl- inflation, and that's – you know, going back to Sal, like he always says that you avoid it's inflation's the hidden tax and uh, you avoid it by, you know, using crypto. You don't have to suffer that uh, inflation tax. Yeah. And, you know, I any method that you can avo- use to avoid paying the tax um, and depriving Uncle Sugar of even a couple of cents uh, to imprison, murder or bomb somebody into oblivion on the other side of the world. I think was a huge motivator for me as an agorist to be like, you know what, you know, do what you can to keep uh, to keep money out of the hands of Uncle Sugar. I mean, sure. You know, when you people are like, well, you know, it's just one person, you know, what can you do? Hey, look, at least at least I wasn't part of it. You could look at it that way. You know what I mean? You can actually say I actively tried not to participate in this uh, in this uh, unmitigated disaster that is the state and its uh, its functions um, as a murder machine as an imprisoning machine. So mm. that's, um, I, 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 I don't know if it makes people feel better or not, but I think it's, it's a start. I mean, Jesus, you got to go, you got to start somewhere. You know what I mean? It ha- you have to begin somewhere. I mean, and that's where I guess the big divorces between, uh, these people who are accelerationists and, uh, and actually want to fight and go muzzle to muzzle. Well, I mean, this isn't the revolutionary war. You're not gonna be able to hide in the woods behind a tree while the redcoats line up and wait for you to come out and fight them the way they want you to fight them. They have these things in outer space that'll kill you and all of your neighbors. If then they have no problem doing that, they've shown that they've done it before. Uh, look at what happened in the city of Philadelphia where the police bombed the neighborhood. Uh, you know, I, it's, it's amazing. And of course we can look at Waco. We can look at yeah, Ruby Ridge. Say Waco, Ruby Ridge. Yeah. yeah. The list is uh, long and, and it's not distinguished. It's horrid. So um, I wanted to ask you um, if there's anything else that you'd like to bring to the table today before we wrap up. Yeah, a couple things. Um, So I like what you said. Uh, You put it really well about, you know, the murder state. And uh, that's a big reason why I'm a libertarian today is because, well, that's the reason why I was libertarian um, in 2002 was the Iraq war. Um, Me and my brothers were, I wouldn't want to call us Republicans, um, but uh, but we were definitely leaning towards what Bush said during his, his 2000 election, which was non-interventionist and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And uh, and then we're sitting here going to war for weapons of mass destruction that don't exist. 
um, you know, the media is banging the war drums and we're, you know, they, they didn't go into 2003, but me and my brothers were sitting here like, oh man, this is, this is just crazy. And um, there's gotta be another way. And so we, uh, we found the Libertarian Party um, and I'm, I'm so glad that I don't, that I'm not, you know, I, of course I was, I was, uh, I, I, I think that being, a, being in the Libertarian Party made me statist longer than if I went sh- straight towards libertarianism. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I mean, you, you can't really be a libertarian in my opinion, unless you're an anarchist because libertarianism is, libertarianism is the opposite of authoritarianism, which, you know, if you have hundred percent authoritarianism, the opposite of that is libertarianism. So you, you can't have any authority whatsoever if you're, um, if, if you believe in libertarianism. So there's that. And, uh, and then, yeah, I, I did want to touch on crypto real quick, if you don't mind. Um, no, go, you know, no means go ahead go for it. Go for it. I still think, you know, a lot of people say that they missed the crypto train. I just don't believe that. If you look at 10 years into the internet, um, you know, the internet being open to the public for 10 years, you still didn't have Facebook yet. You still didn't have all these social media platforms yet. Um, I don't even know if you could, 10 years into the internet, you couldn't deliver, you can order a pizza via delivery um, online yet. So uh so yeah i mean that i still think that that it's still a very new market there's lots of opportunities so um you know just just be careful and make sure you do all your own research for sure and uh yeah that's pretty much all i got so well that's i think that that's uh 100 accurate i think that that's true and uh you know we had a guest on a couple of weeks ago who put it best when he, uh, you know, he said, you know, don't waste your time, you know, you know, start uh, getting busy, getting free. And that really resonated with me. I think that that's a fantastic uh, outlook for any of us who are concerned with individual uh, liberty and personal freedom and financial freedom. Uh, again, not financial advice, of course, but at least giving people the tools or at least the, the avenues and the options to look at to see what's best for them uh, in their own you know, personal lives or you know, their own financial situation, whatever that might be. But even as an introductory course to where individuals can you know, start considering these ideas and um, the, thing, uh, the articles that uh, Brandon talked about will be in our show notes. So if you want to read them, they will be available for you to click on and take a look at. Also, again, I do recommend, uh, you know, subscribing to the Agoras Nexus. If you just look at the collection of, of, of websites, ideas, individuals, shows, and lots of stuff. I mean, there's, there's even people that are brewing, like Agoras Brewing. It gets, it's, it's really, really cool to see, uh, you know, such a great group of people who share uh, an awesome idea about uh, about human liberty and about being free, about ca- uh, counter economics and genuine freedom, and not uh, this plastic garbage where they give you a card and they ask you to show up ritualistically in November and vote for shit that uh, is never going to happen and you're never going to win. Um, so I, I I applaud you and I thank you uh, for all of your efforts for putting that together for us. Um, you know, because we're we're listed on there and we're very grateful for being listed on there with such awesome people. So thank you very much for all of your hard work. And I think it's congratulations also, excuse me, uh, for uh, you know coming up uh, with these documentaries that you're going to be putting together. I think that that's fantastic. The message of liberty never gets old. And uh, you know, another way for people to consume it is another way for us to introduce these wonderful ideas that we have and to uh, install the intellectual contagion of, of uh, lowercase libertarian ideas, libertarianism, as you said. Uh, so thank you very much for coming on here. Thank you for everything you do. And uh, if you wouldn't mind uh, telling anybody how, if they want to get a hold of you or if they want to get um, listed on the Agoras Nexus, how do they go about doing that? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, yeah, and I, thank you so much for having me on. It's a true honor again. And uh, so if they want to check us out um, and if they want to get listed, just go to agorasnexus.com, add, you know, add listing on there and um, 
if, if anyone has any, I mean, if, if you need us to add it for you, uh, it's not a big deal. We'll add it for you right away. You can do that with um, agorasnexus.support at protonmail.com. If you want to email me, and now a bunch of people check that email list, a um, couple pretty well-known agorists do too. Uh, but um, if you want to email me directly, it's agorasnexus at protonmail.com. Um, there's a great article that I didn't mention, but basically uh, I definitely want people to check out. It's called Savior in the Shadows. It basically tells you how um, counter-economics uh, pretty much took down the, uh, the Soviet Union. Um, so our ideas not only um, have been practiced, but we know they work. So um, that's an amazing article. It has all the, the, uh, the, the listings of and sources, you know, in that article. Um, so definitely check that out. Uh, again, agorasnexus.com. If you want to check us out on Odyssey, just search um, agorasnexus. Uh, I don't know where the exact link is. And then I, I'm agorastn at um, Twitter. And then just agorast on float.app, which they're going to have crypto soon too. Um, so I think any early adopters of float.app will um, will definitely benefit from the future as well. So you build up followers now and then all of a sudden they've got crypto. Um, you know, I, I just think it's kind of a, a no brainer platform. And then, then you're getting away from these, uh, these big te tech companies that, that pretty much are in that. I don't even consider companies. They're pretty much like state players. Um, 100%. Absolutely. Well said, but, but, uh, but yeah, that's, um, that's us guys. And then of course we got a podcast, but, uh, but yeah, I, uh, you know, I'm starting to listen to you guys a little bit more too. the use guys podcast. And, uh, I forget which episode it was, but, um, but yeah, you guys put out some good shit too. So, um, my hat's off to you guys and, um, thanks again for having me on. Oh, thank, thank you, you very much. The honor's all ours. Uh, before we sign off, also, please check out our sponsor if you'd like to uh, give your money to small business and you also like to keep your uh, yourself clean. Please consider buying uh, Todd the Gay's Very Gay Soap from Akron Apothecary. Go check it out. He hasn't changed the name yet. Uh, wonderful soap. We've all used it. It's fantastic. And it's cold pressed. It's made uh, in his basement. So this is uh, if you really want to support a small business and you want to uh, get into the market, so to speak, and help out somebody who actually is producing a quality product that doesn't have any garbage in it, like detergent and shit like that, please consider supporting our uh, friend Todd, our official sponsor of these guys in that podcast. I, once again, I'd like to thank Brenda for coming on. Uh, please, uh, you know, subscribe on the, the YouTube channel and the BitChute channel. And uh, if you have iTunes, if you use iOS, please consider giving us a review. Uh, we'd really appreciate it. Thank you very much for listening, everybody. Uh, thank you once again, like I said, to Brandon. And we will catch you again very soon. Thank you, much. Thank you very much, everybody. Bye.